Behind the Scenes. Conversations with European researchers and innovators. It's like every day in research, you always have some difficulties that you want to overcome. But I think that it is precisely these difficulties that motivate us researchers to keep doing science. In this podcast, we'll hear the inspiring stories and journeys of Europe's most brilliant scientists and innovators whose discoveries are having an impact on our daily lives. Here's how they got to where they are. These are our top stories. Our guest today is Carla Cao Villanova, a young university student and researcher in quantum computing at the University of Barcelona. In September 2021, she won the USIS, the EU contest for young scientists, which was co-funded under Horizon 2020. And she won that for her work on quantum computing, formulation and implementation of a support vector machine on D-Wave's quantum annealer. Carla, thank you so much for being with us today from Spain. And thanks to you, we are going to learn a lot more about the fascinating world of quantum computing, for which you have a great deal of knowledge and interest. To start with, you're just 18 years old and already a prize winner in your area of expertise. I assume this passion must have come along quite young. Tell me the origins of it. Well, as a child, I've always been interested in mathematics and science in general. And then when I got to know physics and starting from learning things about the universe, but also from small stuff and quantum physics, I was really amazed and I wanted to get into science professionally. So that's how I got my way into physics. So tell us more about your childhood. Where did you grow up? What were you dreaming of becoming as a kid? Was it already quantum computing? And what sort of things did you enjoy doing? Well, when I was a kid, I did have references from my parents, which have always been supportive but not from quantum physics. I didn't know what quantum physics was or quantum computing, but I did know some of computer science because my parents are IT engineers. So I got in touch with computers from a very early age. I knew I wanted to be a scientist when I grew older. And that's how I got interested into this. Well, that's working out very well for you at the moment, because currently you are studying physics at the University of Barcelona. How are you finding it? What do you enjoy most about the field? Well, right now, our university, since it's the first year, and well, I've only been studying for a month, it's quite introduction into the mechanical and what we would say classical physics. But I'm still motivated for the years to come as I will get in touch with modern physics, which is my main interest, and also quantum physics. Well, since we're talking a little bit about your background, let me tell you, in previous episodes, we interviewed Alicia Asim Perez, who is a computer engineer and the CEO of a Spanish IT company. And she's also a silver medal of the Women Innovators Award by the European Commission. One of the things we talked about was how important it is as a society to encourage girls to study tech, science and the STEM subjects, something that doesn't automatically happen. And do you think that nowadays younger girls or teen girls are encouraged enough into these fields? And maybe from your own perspective, what encouraged you? What do you think would help to bring other young women into this field? Well, from my experience, I've been lucky enough to have a treatment which wasn't different from my 
male counterparts and I've always had this passion for science and been motivated to follow what I wanted. But it is true that still nowadays there is some difference and girls, young girls, aren't encouraged enough to pursue careers in science or engineering. And we can see that, for example, from my perspective, now that I'm studying physics at university, the proportion of women and male is still quite surprising to see that there are many more men in the career than women. And we should first stop doing this different treatment between women and men from early ages and foster the interest for science equally between them. Well, let's hope we'll see an improvement in the future, thanks to young women like yourself being inspiring to the others coming behind you. Let's dive more now into the topic. Quantum physics has become the new peak science. It's really complex. Most lay people really struggle to understand it. Do you find it easy to explain to people what you're working on because you have such a passion for quantum computing? Well, it's definitely not easy to explain in easier terms what quantum physics is or what quantum computing is. When I'm asked what my project is about, I always struggle to explain it in easier concepts than the mathematical concepts. So it is hard to understand it. And I had to study a lot because there is a lot of mathematical background needed to deeply understand the concepts and to apply them. But if we have a perspective, for example, using analogies and easier maths, we can sort of grasp an idea of what quantum physics is. And then at university level, for example, we can dive into it with the stronger mathematics that is needed for research. I think you're right. I think we often do fall back on analogies to grasp these difficult areas. So let me ask, Is quantum computing something real, something tangible? Is there a working quantum computer or are we still really in the realm of theory? Right now, we're just beginning. It's like the first revolution of quantum computers. But we do already have quantum computers that are functional and they can solve certain problems. Of course, they are limited and we call this the NISC era which is limited and some type of quantum devices that are limited for now. But it is something tangible that we have nowadays and it is growing at, I would say, almost an exponential rate and much research is being done into it. So it will progress quite a lot in the following years. I'm going to have to ask you about this N-Queen demonstration that we've read about and heard about. This is related to chess. Could you explain that a little bit more to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Well, when I was starting to do some research on quantum computing and I wanted to focus my research into something relevant, before that, in order to understand quantum computing and have an intuition of quantum computing, I did a game which was of chess. This is called the N-Queen's problem, which is a problem of chess in which you have to put N-Queens without them killing each other. And This is just a game, but it is a tool for divulgation purposes mainly to get other people to understand quantum computing 
by playing this game. And what I did was to actually solve this problem, this chess problem, which isn't really relevant in real life, with a quantum computer, so as to give this divulgation perspective. And all of this work has major implications for understanding of complex problems. Presumably, that's why you chose this complex chess problem. But what are the biggest challenges you're facing right now? And how are you overcoming those that you see, perhaps in the field as you're looking towards working in it? Well, nowadays, as I said, the field is just starting. So there are many openings to be investigated. And that's why we have some difficulties, because even though we see much progress being done day after day, we still don't actually know whether quantum computers will be better than classical computers and will outperform them. So this is a difficulty that we have, but it's like every day in research, you always have some difficulties that you want to overcome. But I think that it is precisely these difficulties that motivate us researchers to keep doing science. Well, I think there's quite a lot of expectations because quite a lot of people with a view to quantum computing. Do you see any opportunities as well because we're at an early stage in the field? Well, yes, definitely. From the European Union, actually, there are some initiatives such as the Quantum Flagship with projects which receive funds from one side, which is very important, but also international collaborations. And as it is a growing field, many groups from around the world are working in the field. So there are many opportunities to do research on it. Well, staying with this European dimension that you've mentioned, So you've won scholarships and competed and won silver in the Spanish Physics Olympiad and now this year's EUSIS first prize. All that before turning 18. I'm incredibly impressed. But how does it make you feel about that success? Well, these are not achievements that I expected when I started to study science and to do research. And I am beyond excited for them, of course. And it's always great to have this recognition as it is the outcome, sort of an outcome from your efforts. So it's always nice to have it. Thank you for that. I'm also really fascinated at what you've really achieved quite so much, quite so young. And I'm wondering, what does it mean to win a big EU prize like that? How do you aim higher and move on from this? Well, now, of course, I'm even more motivated to keep doing research because I have seen that what I did was actually valuable. And some people have actually recognized it with such a prize, which is an honor for me. And I don't know, I will have to aim higher, I guess, by always pushing my limits, because it is something that I do always as it motivates me. And can you explain to me in simple terms that I might understand as well, exactly what the prize is for? What does your work on quantum annealing involve? Yes, so what I did was to mathematically express a problem in a way that it could be implemented in a quantum computer. Because as we are talking in quantum terms, we cannot solve problems as we usually do in our laptops, let's say. So we have to mathematically change our perspective. And that was the first step that I did. And I took a machine learning algorithm, which is something quite useful in real life because machine learning is widely used in many areas of science, but also outside science. 
And I took this algorithm that hadn't been implemented before and I formulated it in this mathematical way so that I could execute it in a quantum computer. And then what I tried to see was whether the quantum computer was better at solving problems with this algorithm than a classical computer. You've spoken a little bit there about how quantum computing might be the best way to solve some of our most complex, most intangible problems facing society. I'm thinking of things like maybe climate science, dealing with climate change. What are the areas you think that quantum computing might have the biggest impact on? Quantum computing can have an impact in any area in which we use technological devices or computers to solve very large calculations. And it has the potential power to improve these calculations and therefore improve the research done in that area. Behind the scenes. Ursula von der Leyen recently announced that next year, 2022, will be the European Year of Youth. And with this initiative, the EU is striving to give young people more opportunities, better opportunities for the future. So you, as a winner of the EU contest for young scientists, you're a really good example of this. So let me ask you, how important is the EU for the younger generation and for their future opportunities? How important is it for your project? And what would you say to other young people considering entering these sorts of competitions? Well, I think these competitions that are in a large scale can help young researchers to first value their own work and have this recognition, but then also to get to know like-minded people, which is very important when you start doing research and start moving in the professional area. And then also all these projects that are fostered from the European Union are very important to allow young researchers to access resources to do actual research. And that is very important to foster research among young students. Well, I think the idea behind this initiative is that Europe needs the vision and engagement and the participation of all young people to build a better future, relying on these big EU agenda ambitions of greener, more inclusive, more digital. And if we think again about the work that you're doing in your projects, your study, that you see going forward, how do you see that impacting perhaps future generations or how would you like that to impact future generations? Well, as it is a field that will impact any area in science, I think that young students which have this vision of real-world problems that are affecting us nowadays, for instance, climate change, they will be more concerned when they do research And they will try to find the application of what they are doing into tackling these problems. For instance, in my field, quantum computing, I can also think of ways that it could help in tackling problems in climate change, for example. So this young vision is very important. And that's why they will give a turn into research, into scientific research, which I think is essential. Well, I've been lucky enough doing these podcasts to speak to a lot of the younger researchers and students and people working on these projects. But I'd like to get your sense of whether you think the EU means more to the younger generation coming up than maybe it did in the past. 
Are you young scientists, your peers, your friends, your colleagues, all ready to come in with these ideas to shape your future? And do you look beyond borders and see that there's opportunities within Europe? Well, I think that thanks to the communication that we have nowadays, younger students are more and more connected between each other within the European Union. And that's why we can see how to push borders and move science forward as we can get ideas and inspiration from other people. And for instance, contests such as the UCIS can help in getting to know other perspectives. And that's why with these new initiatives, young students can get to know other like-minded students and push barriers forward. Let me ask you something a little bit off topic. What do you like to do when you're not working on your project or involved in thinking about tough physics questions? Well, I have other hobbies, of course, besides physics and besides computer science. I really like reading, for instance, and I really enjoy reading either literature or philosophical essays because I really like philosophy. And then I also really like music and playing to tennis. Well, that's a well-rounded person. I think that one of the things I hear from the younger generation is the importance of things like mental health and well-being and sustainability and inclusion, as well as focusing on the possibilities for change in the future. Is there anything that you wish everybody understood better about your field? Because I was thinking, is she going to say science fiction is one of our hobbies? Because this is how a lot of us think of quantum computing. What would you want to tell people who are not experts about your field and your career? Well, I would say that um, they should think of it not as some very difficult, unachievable topic to be interested in and to do research on. And it is just like any other science. And with dedication, you can actually understand it. And it is not as science fictional as it seems, as it is already a reality that we're living in. And where do you imagine yourself in five years, 10 years, or 20 or 30 years? Where do you want to see yourself? And what would you like the world around you to look like? Well, in a near term of five to 10 years, I believe I will be studying and doing research because it is what I want to do. But as for what I hope that I see in the world is more initiatives that try to tackle problems such as climate change, which is very relevant nowadays, and more inclusive fields and more women in science. Well, that brings me to my final question, which is, what would be your short take-home message, particularly to young women who might want to follow in your footsteps? Well, To women and any other marginalized group, I would say that even though they still have few references and role models in their areas, they should believe in their own capabilities and believe that they are equally capable to reach their goals as their male counterparts and other privileged counterparts, and that they should try to pursue careers in science, engineering, or whatever field they like without distrusting themselves. 
Thank you very much indeed, Carla. You are an inspiration, not just to younger people, but to older interviewers like myself. So thank you very much indeed for talking to us today. Thank you very much. More information on Carla's project and on the EU contest for young scientists can be found online. And for all the young people out there, don't forget, 2022 will be your year. So please do go and check out the European Youth Portal to find out about all the opportunities that are out there. And in the details of this episode, you will also find all the links and information. This podcast series is brought to you by the European Commission and you can find it on all listening platforms. If you enjoyed this conversation, rate this podcast on all listening platforms and share it with your friends on social media. 